Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon, everyone. Oh my gosh, it is afternoon. <laughs> Welcome to Breakdown to Wake Up, a show dedicated to sharing personal journeys of men and women who have traversed through mazes of uncertainty, dark clouds in dishonoring themselves, and the lessons they have learned along this path of who they really are and what one can accomplish in their own self-discovery. In sharing these stories, we touch, move, and inspire with the keen understanding that you too can transform your life from frustration, ill health, and the darkest depths to abundance, health, and joy. I'm your host, Jocelyn Bellows, and as a writing coach, I work with men and women to break through the BS of their lives to find their own voice. If you too are ready to get the book out of your head and onto the page, I'd love to hear from you and be found at jocelynbellows.com. And if you're joining us on YouTube today, please like, please like and subscribe to my page. My guest today is Baraka Getz. Baraka is a Harvard-educated author of 39 children's books and a candid memoir for adults about overcoming food addiction joyfully. All of her books can be found at Baraka Getz, Amazon author. Now, I know that that's just a very, very brief bio. That is actually what she shared with me today, but I have to tell you guys, you're in for a, a big treat. Baraka is an amazing individual, and I cannot wait for you to share her, her story. And we'll be back in, in a moment with Baraka. As soon as this decides, someone says, oh, maybe it doesn't want to play. Wow, <laughs> so much for technical glitches, but they're never glitches. They always are meant to happen that way. <laughs> Barbara, it's so good to have you on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you. Yep. So we had a lovely chat getting ready. And as usual, that's, that's what I do. I love to have a little conversation with everyone before we get, get ready to go live. But you are, I've already recognized, divinely intervened in my life at the right time for the right reasons. For the right reasons. But I want to start, I want to dive right in. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about our own backgrounds and childhood experiences um, growing up Jewish. Um, but, and we will get to that in just a moment. However, you know, as we're talking, one of the things I really want to start with is that you have discovered something really, truly magical and amazing because of your own journey. And that is called the pleasure ladder. Yes, I call it, I call it beyond magic because magic doesn't do justice to the levels of pleasure that we can attain in life. Um, basically, I was a person who was searching so much for the meaning of to life. And I searched in a number of religions. Um, I, w I was born Jewish, right? But I didn't have a deep understanding of my own heritage. I searched a lot into Eastern religions, which I saw there was a lot of spirituality there. And I got also very involved in Christian science. Um, I was involved in, um, yeah, you know, environmentalism, um, social action, social justice, I should say, and relationships, even experimenting with drugs, everything, searching for wisdom. And like I was telling you, I, I went to Harvard because of my search for wisdom. I just wanted to know what's the purpose to life. This is what I was searching for. So, um, I didn't exactly find it there, but I, I became more and more desperate to find it while I was there. In fact, I, I developed like food addictions while I was at Harvard. Even before that, it got worse. And while I was even an undergraduate at Harvard, I I um 
I helped to put together an anthology where I was the expert on eating disorders, food addictions. And meanwhile, I'm getting sicker and sicker while I'm writing this and, and giving lectures on these topics. Amazing. Um, just to show that intellectual understanding isn't what it's about, you know? <laughs> intellectual understanding is just one aspect, right? It's, it's our thinking brain. Exactly. It's right. not our it's not our emotional center of our heart and it's certainly not our our intuitive knowing. Exactly. It's, Whether it's, it's here or in your gut. Exactly. So when I went into medical school I wanted to be a psychiatrist and I I went on and um there I got really sicker and sicker, but nobody would know how sick I was getting because I looked okay. I wasn't obese and I wasn't emaciated. I would do, I would do both types of behaviors fluctuating between binge eating and, um, you know, really extreme dieting. So like if I was binge eating one day, the next day I would have a yogurt and an orange, you know, and that would be like it, you know, so mm -hmm. so that I never looked one way or the other. Outside people would never know what what a nightmare I was going through within. Um, and why do you think you're looking back at that time? Why do you believe that you were taking those actions? Why were you punished? To me, that that feels like a, you're punishing yourself. Like you go through the binge. And then you'd punish yourself the next day by not eating very much. But what was, what was underneath that for you? All of not being satiated. Yeah, it had nothing to do with physical hunger. I, um, that's what my book, my my memoir became about this subject: searching for God in the garbage. It's about that I was desperately hungry, desperately hungry. Overeating altogether is about that. When a person is eating, they experience pleasure. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have enough other pleasures in their life, they want the pleasure to keep lasting. So they just keep going. And it never fills the emptiness within. In fact, a person feels worse afterwards. So um, it, we think that, oh, if I have another 47 bites of this, I'll be fine. But it it never does it. It's not going to do it. It's not a physical thing that we want. It's a spiritual hunger. And it's a genuine hunger. And I also say that um, I was starving my body so it would look like my soul. It was one or the other. It was a cry for help. And I didn't know this until I wrote the book. The book, by, by compiling the book, I was able to figure out the mystery of what this was all about and why when I finally got this spiritual nourishment that I was craving, why was there no longer a need for the food addictions? That's, that was the mystery that got solved in the end of the book. And as you know, I just write short books. I write many children's books. There's, well, this week my 39th book was published, my 39th children's book. But, but this one big book, I didn't write it. I just compiled it when I found my old diaries and journals and letters. I just filled in the missing pieces and compiled it. And, and that's the psychological mystery memoir that, and that's what I'm sharing now with the world because I want everybody to understand the spiritual basis of addictions. It's such an important factor 
I, yeah. I want to, I just, I, I'm watching you, right? And, and you deliver this deep message with joy and you're just exuberating and you're, you're shining so big and bright that I know, I know that during that time, it, that's not the case. There was a lot of darkness. Yes. There's a lot of, a lot of, you know, when you're talking about feeling insatiating, we were, we try, we do this to ourselves. And I'm, I'm right in the same boat with you. And this is why we have the show exists. And why I want to, I want to have these conversations is that we fill ourselves and our voids of our life with food, with addictions. Um, you know, for me, for me, I am, yes, a food. That's, a, that's where I go for sure. Uh, filling my time with other people, keeping busy, finding ways to not feel so alone on the inside. That's not what it's, but that loneliness from the inside cannot be filled. It cannot be filled by somebody else. It cannot be filled by the money that you have in the bank account. It cannot be filled by the clothes that you have in your closet and, and the things and the materialism that we subscribe to. It can only be filled from within. What was your journey like when you started to discover that? You know, that's the basis of this pleasure ladder. Well, when, when, when did that start to transition for you? Exactly. Yes, you said it perfectly. When I got to Israel, I had a six-week break between my first and second year of medical school. Um, and um, I... I, I w it's interesting. I'll, I'll just backstep a minute. When I, when I, when I was in medical school and, and doing such bizarre behaviors by then, which go along with addictions, everything's done in secret. And there's so much shame involved. And when I finally, I, I asked to meet with the psychiatrist who was seeing the medical students. Um, he was a Japanese man. And when I told him all the crazy things I was doing, he said to me, you know, I think you're crazier than you really are. He said to me, I think when you go to Israel this summer, you're going to find the spiritual peace that, that you've been looking for. It was the strangest answer, not what I expected. I expected him to put me away at that point, really. I was like feeling so, so lost. What were some of the behaviors that you were exhibiting at that time? Yeah, I, I really, um, I'll tell people, if you want to know, you could read the book because it's really very uh, degrading behavior. is very low. But let me put it this way also. You know, I was dating guys where it didn't matter how drunk they were. It didn't matter if I lost my life driving home with them. My life didn't matter to me too much at that point. I can describe that point that um, it, it, it I just didn't see the value anymore. Here I had what looked like a great life. I had just graduated with honors from Harvard. I was in medical school and I didn't even care about my life. That's how much a person can crave spiritual nourishment. A person like me, I mean, not everybody. So Some, disconnected, but you're so disconnected from your being. Like you exactly. Just, you didn't value, I mean, from the outside, what you just said, people would be envious of your life. And exactly. You've just graduated with honors from the top, one of the top schools in the nation. And here you are not even recognizing your own value. Right. And because I hadn't found what I was looking for, I still hadn't found it. I've been searching for years at that point, you know, and it wasn't, 
<laughs> why why would I even need that if I had everything else? That's a good question, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's why I wrote this book because we're not just physical beings. We are all spiritual beings. If we don't get that nourishment, it's not enough. Nothing's enough without the spiritual nourishment in our lives. So so basically, I went to Israel that summer. I, I, I sent a letter. Um, oh, my, my mother had said to me, do whatever you want in Israel. Just don't contact this one guy who became a religious fanatic. So, of course, right away. <laughs> That's the first person you're talking to. You got it. I sent him, a, in those days, I sent him an aerogram, you know, and I said, I'm studying to be a psychiatrist. I want to be able to help people, give people life a meaning. And he said to me, don't worry about your patients. I'm going to take you to learn about why life has meaning for yourself. That's just what I wanted. So he meets me in the, I was work, I was volunteering at Hadassah Hospital in the oncology ward. He met me in the cafeteria at Hadassah. And he took me to two schools where adult beginners could learn about Judaism. And right away, I come in and I meet these like idealistic people like me. Mm-hmm. People, and I, I had become a very cynical person by then, but it was back to the old me that was still very idealistic. And these, they were all searchers of truth like I was. And the teachers were also very pure and idealistic people. And they were teaching some words I didn't understand in Hebrew. And yet I sat there and I felt like, oh my goodness, like there were pieces of truth in everything I had been searching for before, but nothing fit like this missing puzzle piece like this did. I I was drawing pictures because I love to draw creatures. And I draw this creature jumping out of the world screaming, yay, like right away, I got it. This is the ancient wisdom that I was never provided. My parents never got it either. They didn't have a Jewish education. I, I, I got to learn about the, it's called instructions for living. Like we always say we're, we're, we're alive and we're not given instructions, but we really were given instructions. That's the amazing part. That's, that we, I'm so glad you said that because the instructions are not written. They're not in a book. I mean, yes, we can, there are books and books and books now. And yes, there have been ancient wisdom that has been passed down in generation. However, the wisdom isn't from somebody else. It's what came with you when you ascended, when you just, sorry, descended into this being for this lifetime. We, what happens, we unlearn what we've already known. That is so true. We, we have a tradition that says the angels taught you all you had to know before you were born. I wrote a song about that, in fact. It's, it's so beautiful. We once knew all this, and now that's why it resonated. You got it. When I met it again, it completely resonated immediately with my soul. So as I integrated it, that's when I began to notice after a while, where did the food addictions go? What happened? And until I came back to my parents' home years later and I discovered the old diaries and I saw the thread going through them, I began to understand what what did one thing have to do with the other? Why there was no longer a need for addictions once my soul was nourished. And 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 that's the that's the wisdom I'm enjoying spreading. So there was one particular rabbi that changed my life. He's mm. no longer alive, but his wisdom, like you said, is now 
in many books and many other people are are giving over the wisdom and 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 what he taught was the purpose of life in the most unusual answer that i didn't expect the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure possible like what what does that mean it sounds hedonistic it's the opposite it the greatest pleasure possible is what fills our soul that's mm -hmm. those are the lasting pleasures so so that's the purpose of life and he spoke about a pleasure ladder um on the lowest level are all the physical pleasures in this world back to the orange and orange it it is such an amazing thing this is a treasure house right here it's 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 individually packaged mm -hmm. it's got this peel on it which keeps the juiciness in it for months it turns bright orange when it's ready up until then it's a dull color when it's ready it's eat me we're ripe we're ripe what did it's you time. say we it, shine it, differently and you know this too because you've been on this path we shine differently when beautiful all from within that beautiful is else can give us Nobody. absolutely oh i love that it's shining ready i'm ready i'm ready yes exactly so so it's it's and it smells beautiful it tastes wonderful and um it's nutritious for us because like processed stuff it could be orange flavored but it's not good not for us you, it's not going to give you that same sensibility that same level of pleasure and peace when it's artificial exactly it so is. this was exact i'm sorry i go ahead go ahead go ahead it it it, it was designed by an intelligence beyond magic, beyond any intelligence we can imagine. And and of course, with the eternal seed inside of it that keeps going on infinity, it just keeps lasting forever. So, so this pleasure, all the natural physical pleasures in, in this world are on the lowest level of pleasure. Take music, take movement, take being out in nature. Yes. All these pleasures, they don't only uplift our bodies they also uplift our soul that's what's so amazing about all these natural physical pleasures so so that's the lowest level what's and 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 the way to experience the pleasure the ticket to pleasure is gratitude that's that's all we have to do to experience pleasure is experience and, and, and how, how are you practicing that for yourself when you start to discover this pleasure ladder when it was shared with you how did gratitude play a role and it's really interesting and again not surprising because i i've actually walked away from gratitude for a long time i, I did for about a year and a half yes i said great i was grateful for yet it wasn't i wasn't really acting in a way right i wasn't being that great that grateful um and when i reintroduced it into my world i recognize how different I feel from within, from within. Yes. So I'm curious how for you did, what did gratitude play a role for you and how do you practice that? Exactly. Most people don't know that the essence of Judaism, it's the essence of life, but the essence of the word Judaism to be a Yehudi, 
in the middle of the word, the root of the word, hoda'ah, means gratitude. That's what it's all about, being really? a grateful person. Yeah, and so this is it. When you, when you delve into the ancient wisdom, you'll be astounded what's there. I mean, that's what it did for me. So all day long, we, when we eat something, we make a prayer before and after. We are expressing gratitude before we experience it and after we experience it. Because, and that we do that for everything in life, just about. Um, when I wake up in the morning, the, the first prayer I say is, Ani, thank you for giving my soul back to me. Because when we go to sleep, it's a part of our soul rises up away from our bodies, actually. And then it returns to us in the morning. Thank you for a new day of life. Our whole day from morning till night is all enveloped in gratitude. Believe it or not, we are, one of the guidelines is to make a prayer after going to the bathroom. Every time after we go to the bathroom, we thank God that all our bodies are working. It's processing. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because I actually, a client of mine has, um, is in kidney failure. And so therefore, I mean, her body physically is not, a, is not processing. Exactly. In a way that, you know, we are naturally designed to. And there's other exactly. deeper meanings behind that. Um, so I'm glad that you brought that up. So we have, we start with the pleasure letter with with the physical pleasures, the physical pleasures of dance, of food, of music, of peace, of joy. And then we move to up the ladder to love. To love, yes. Now, love, we use that very universally, but I want to, I'd like clarity on that for you. From you. Here's the Jewish definition. It's so unusual. It's appreciating the virtue of another. So in other words, on the first level, when a person has an addiction, what do we feel like we discussed? We feel alienated. We feel separated. Um, we have estrangement. And, and when we, we appreciate, when we start appreciating just one thing in our life, even a tree, we feel a connection. We feel gratitude into the world. Then the next level up is love. We appreciate another. It could be a pet too. That's why pets can alleviate depression for people and anxiety, just taking care of a pet. Appreciating virtues of another. It takes us out of ourselves. It adds more connection. And you'll see each level up corresponds to an, a higher level of the soul, the, the lowest level and each one up. And so um, it also, we emulate the Almighty as we go up each ladder, up the ladder as well, because first the physical, then love, and then the next level is meaning. When we bring meaning into our lives, when we do good and meaningful things in the world, we feel an even greater connection and a more lasting pleasure in life. We are. You when know, you say meeting and, and just we're, we only have about mm, six minutes, seven minutes left. So when you say meaning, what is that? Can you clarify what that means? Because meaning in life could mean very different things. So if you can give, can you give an example of what that is? 
doing something positive in the world, doing something for your community. Again, it's making the circle wider. You're doing something for the community. And, and then the next level up is creativity. Here, we bring a part of ourselves into the world, and that's an even greater pleasure. And then the highest level is transcendence when it's when the veils are lifted with complete clarity, we see how we're all connected, how we there's a symbiotic relationship between all of us and all connected to source. The source energy is running through all of us. So and as so you that, say that, I don't know for you, as you say that, I just felt my chi. I felt the chi. I felt um, my energy pulsing through my being. And I, I want to share, um, and I'd love, for example, for you, I know that I've, I've experienced this. I've experienced this great level, right? And for the way that it translated and showed for me, um, at that, to that point, I was doing a lot of a lot of personal healing and growth and spending a lot of time in nature. Um, colors were brighter, scents were more vi were more fragrant. Food was richer. I felt as if I was floating. I felt an emanation beyond my being and I knew it. I couldn't tell you that I knew it. I couldn't tell you here. I didn't understand it. I just knew it. It's beyond words. It's it's, it's feeling. It's yes, and we don't it's <laughs> yeah. and we don't we we don't stay on the two highest levels for a sustained period of time in this world. This world was meant for the lower three levels of pleasure, to experience them and to raise the world, to, to bring out the sparks, find them in the world, and to also raise ourselves as we interact with the world. The, the highest levels of creativity, we, we, we can't stay on a creative level. We burn out. Yeah. It's not a level of sustainment. The two highest levels are for the world to come when we return to being pure souls. But here in our physical bodies, we, we interact mainly, we just get glimpses of the two highest levels. Like on the Sabbath, we get glimpses of that awesomeness, that complete, what the world is going to be like in the world to come, but we don't live in it always, you and know. We, um, and it's important that I'm glad you brought that up. And we have just a couple minutes left. The reason that I think believe it's so important as we understand this is that when we have this experience, we have these experiences and it can be for a sustained period of time. I know for mine, it was a good year and a half that I was at this level and and then and then came tumbling down and working in my shadow. Having said that, it's important that we that we understand that we have to feel both. If we don't have the contrast of the darkness of the shadow, we cannot appreciate and have gratitude and gratefulness for the light and the joy and the abundance and the peace. And it all begins, I don't know for you, for me, it began with me breaking down. It began me for you, it was why are we here? What is the purpose of our being? Mine too. Mine just iterated as how the heck did I end up in this relationship? But I just didn't, I wasn't myself. And who am I? Who are we? But what is yes. our purpose? And you are a seed. A seed disintegrates before it begins to sprout. That's what life is about. It, life is full of that. That that pattern recreates itself constantly in life. That's I'm, how I'm I, writing that one down. So <laughs> a seed disintegrates. One more time. 
That's how we grow. We if we don't if we don't shed the shells that are restricting us, that's what life is all about. The 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 rabbi they they, they teach he would teach what's the opposite of what's the opposite of pain? It's not pleasure. The opposite of pain is comfort. That's when we get stuck in our addictions. Mm-hmm. Pleasure, it pain Pain can be a part of pleasure. Giving birth is a painful experience. That's how, <laughs> that's how we, yeah, that's how we grow in life. So pain can definitely be a part of pleasure. Challenges are a part of our ultimate pleasure. It may not be pleasurable right at that moment. We may not recognize it with gratitude right then when we're experiencing the pain. But the, the two things I learned that, that changed, that saved my life is that we we're all, we all have a part of the ultimate, the endless oneness within us mm-hmm. and, and that there is ultimate goodness in store for all of us. It, it, there's many tragic things we go through and very difficult times. There is an ultimate plan and that changed everything. This perspective of um, trusting in the universe, trusting in the source of all, um, with all the um, instructions for living that came with the universe. Yes. When I want to, I want to final uh, close on this note because, and I, and I actually, I want to have you back. So we'll talk about this after <laughs> we go when we um, end this, after we are off, off the air. Um, when we can express gratitude for the dark times, for the pain, for the discord, for the disruption, that is when we truly grow. It, Exactly. I have a great quote. I just got this today. Staying positive doesn't mean you have to be happy all the time. It means that even on the hard days, you know that better days are coming. That changes your life. That just changes it. I didn't know that years ago. So I really didn't see the point of life. Now I know it. Yeah. I, I, yes. So, so much goodness. And Rafa, we need not have nearly enough time. (laughs) So we will be back. So thank you everyone for tuning in today. Um, I'm sharing with everybody here on the screen. Um, you guys can learn more about Bracca and find her books on amazon.com backslash author backslash spiritual kids book dash Bracca gets. And um, I will also put this in the show notes for those of you tuning in on the uh, podcast. Um, and thank you all for being here. And Bracca, thank you so much for being part of the show today. And I, I don't know, like, we'll be back. <laughs> we will be back for more. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you.